Welcome to What I Wish I Knew by Dental Head Start, your weekly mentoring session. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Dental Head Start podcast. My name is Erica Huynh and we are back for our six month update. Now the reality is looking closer to seven and a half months. It is currently Sunday, August 27th and this is I think my fourth time sitting down and trying to record this episode because every time I do things just keep coming up and honestly sometimes it feels like I'm just running on fumes. But I did promise you guys an update and an episode and I am determined to make it happen. And so it's just you and me. I'm going to make myself a cup of tea. I hope you guys will as well. And let's wind down and talk about the year so far. Now, earlier this year, I actually recorded an episode reflecting on my first month. And I didn't think much of it at the time. But the other day, I actually looked back and I was so humbled to find out that it's actually our most listened episode of the year. And I've had so many people reach out to say that they really resonate with what I'm going through, that they're experiencing the same things. And it's been so nice to connect and realize that we are all in the same boat. We always say that dentistry can be so isolating. And especially when you're own and you don't necessarily share these experiences, it all can really weigh on you. And it can feel like all the struggles you have are just you. When the reality is we're all going through the same thing. And so for what it's worth, I thought I'd continue to share, give you guys an update on what it's like being six months out. A lot mostly on mindset, with maybe a few little clinical lessons sprinkled in here and there. It's crazy to think how fast this year has gone, and that dental school honestly feels like a lifetime ago. It's easy to lose sight of how far you've come. When we're constantly growing and constantly looking ahead and finding ways that we can get better, how can I do my restorations faster? How do I do my crown preps more efficiently? How do I become more confident in my surgical extractions? We're always looking for something more, something more. And it's easy to lose sight of all the progress that you've made so far. And so every now and then it is nice to have a little reminder of what you've achieved. Now, the other day I was having a chat with my team at work and we're having a little giggle about when I first started and how I literally spent my first two weeks purely doing scales and cleans because I was so scared to do anything more than that. And the very first restoration that I ever treatment planned, I explicitly remember booking in two hours to do a relatively simple 1-6-MO and questioning whether that would be enough time because I had no idea how long it would take me. But with time, with practice, when you're doing things day in, day out, patient after patient, you really do build up that speed and confidence and efficiency. Having said that, six months is a really valuable number because this is when we start seeing our six-month recalls. And I have two comments to make on it. From a clinical point of view, this is our first time seeing our work coming back to us. And there is nothing more humbling than seeing your own work and realizing all the things that you didn't know at that time. Maybe you thought you had a good contact or smooth transitions at your margins or that you'd removed all the decay. But then you take that bite wing again and you realize, oh, hello, that's a very distinct line of radiolucency under that restoration you'd done. Or just the other day, I had this sudden dawn of realization where I started wondering how many of my restorations have voids in them because I haven't properly condensed them. It is a very humbling feeling. And it can honestly be really disheartening. But having spoken to so many senior dentists and fellow colleagues about this topic, everyone goes through it. And it is almost a necessary initiation process. And so we learn from our mistakes and we try it again. 
my current goal is now to slow down again when doing my restorations. It may not take me two hours to do a single restoration anymore, but that speed and efficiency should not come from cutting corners and skipping steps. To not be lazy about using rubber dam, cleaning out my peripheries until they're squeaky clean, taking post-op bite wings just to reassess it, maybe wedging the teeth and using soft legs discs to get soft round angles and being a bit more thoughtful about my composite placement so that I don't have to smush it all back down when I'm adjusting my occlusion. And this is where taking photos and documenting your work is really important. There have been so many times where I've thought I've done a good restoration and then taken a photo, zoomed in, and you see every single floor <laughs> and all your floors are there just glaring right back at you. But beyond self-reflection and growth and beyond patient communication, Let's just say that this is your friendly public service announcement to take photos before you do any treatment, especially in anterior zones, because it is your best form of defense if you ever disagree on something. I think that's enough said. If you're on the hunt to upgrade your current pair of loops, or if you're a student looking to invest in your very first pair, let's talk about Admitech Loops by Byron Medical. Last year, just about everyone around me was showing off their brand new pair of refractive loops with a wireless butterfly light that had just hit the market. I had to get on board and I'm pleased to say I've not looked back, or should I say down, since. Lightweight, sturdy and stylish, Admitech's Ergo Loops are designed to optimize your posture so you're not popping a disc trying to prep the distal of that 4.7. Level up your scales and cleans when you can actually see every tiny fleck of calculus fly off the tooth. With a tiny battery light that clips on magnetically and switches out seamlessly even mid-procedure, say goodbye to getting tangled in your wires and the painful indents on your nose bridge from having to support heavy loops. Biomedical are Australian-based and are quick and easy to get in touch with and address any issues you have. They'll even come out to your workplace for your initial consult and fitting session. So look no further, pardon the puns, and join the club. And if you mention Dental Head Start, they'll even throw in a special added bonus. I'm going to talk a lot more about the mentality around making mistakes throughout this episode. But it really all comes down to mindset, hey? I know some may say that doing restorations is the bare basics of being a dentist. It is the bread and butter. It's the easy stuff. But the reality is it's not easy. And I don't think we should dismiss or discount the importance of spending time to learn how to do it well. Because right now at the beginning of our career, we're building the habits of becoming a good clinician. And every time we excuse our own poor behavior or poor habits, then we're condoning it. And the longer this goes on for, the harder it is to break. Dentistry is a skill that takes a long time and a lot of hard work and effort and patience and making mistakes and fixing them to master. You know, they say a sushi chef spends five years making rice before they even begin to make sushi. And so right now we're all learning how to make really good rice. And so it's okay if your restorations still suck. So do mine. But every time we do it, we're going to get that little bit better. The other comment I was going to make about the significance of six months is seeing your patients come back. Unlike the beginning of the year when you're meeting everyone for the very first time and you're anxious because you're new and you want to make a really good first impression, it's really nice to see these patients come back and to have ongoing relationships with them and their family. Personally, I really enjoy these connections. Having inside jokes where you don't have to be all strung up and formal, but rather it's a lot more friendly and familiar. And I don't know about you, but I find there to be something really special when patients tell stories and they fondly refer to you as my dentist. 
I never used to understand why senior dentists always seemed to have really nice patients that they liked and got along with. Because I always thought, surely you can't control the types of people that walk into the dental practice and end up in your books. But what I've now come to realize, even in just six months, is that you attract a particular demographic. Like attracts like. And so you slowly build up a patient base of people that you get along with. They're going to come back and they're going to bring their family and their friends. And perhaps those that you find a little bit more difficult to connect with, you will see less of. People say the best personality to have as a dentist to cater for all the different people that walk through your door is an adaptable personality where you can put on different jackets and connect with anyone regardless of who they are. But I think inherently we all have a particular demographic where it just comes naturally. I know personally the patients I tend to see are female patients who are social butterflies and love a good gossip and chat or younger male patients that you can muck around with and also anxious and nervous patients because I genuinely really enjoy spending the time to get to know them and figuring out ways to make their experience as comfortable and pleasant as possible. And the demographic that I tend to struggle with are the older gentlemen who tend to be a bit more stoic and reserved. And I think a lot of it comes down to me myself thinking that they perceive me as a young, inexperienced female clinician and succumbing to that mentality, feeling intimidated and not particularly instilling any confidence in them of myself. Whereas one of my colleagues almost exclusively sees that particular demographic. And so it's something that I am working on. And I really do see the value building these relationships with patients and building that trust. When I first started seeing my patients and was presenting them with treatment, I had this unrealistic expectation that patients were meant to say yes right then and there, and if they didn't, then I was doing something wrong. But the reality is, whilst dentistry consumes all of our lives, our patients are people who have other priorities in life, and dentistry may not be their top priority even if you've said and done all the right things to motivate them. And so whilst they may not say yes to doing bigger treatment at that point in time, what's to say that they're not going to in six months, in a year, in five years? I think as new grads, because we haven't yet had that perspective of time, we can be a little bit more impatient. But I think it's a good reminder that no right now doesn't mean no forever. And if you keep investing into that relationship and building trust, then when the time comes and the patient is ready, then hopefully we'll be the ones that they want to look after them. Earlier this year, I also did a feature interview with Hayden on my journey in confidence. And it's still one that we're working on. Confidence comes in ebbs and flows. Days where you feel really proud of the work that you've done. There are days where there's that little daring spark to push your boundaries just a little bit further. And when it's there, then take it. Pick your patients wisely, but challenge yourself. But there's also a fine balance between challenging yourself enough to improve and to avoid complacency and boredom, but not so much that it discourages you and you burn out. I vividly remember this one instance earlier this year. I think I was in my first or second month out and I had to see this little boy with a mouth full of decay, multiple teeth that needed to be taken out. And this one really sore infected tooth with a buckle swelling that I just couldn't numb up and take out. And the patient was distressed and I was so distressed. And I remember walking out the room all sweaty and flustered and going to my mentor and just asking, what do I do? And the first thing he did was took a bib and blotted away all the sweat on my forehead. <laughs> and he talked me through it, what I could try and asked me if I thought I could do it. And I said, I just don't want to traumatize 
the kid. And his response to me that has really resonated with me since was that the patient will be okay, we'll look after them, but will you be okay? You don't want to traumatize yourself. And I think that's really important to remember. Our goal is always to take care of our patients and to look after them and get them out of pain. But in trying to help them, it's also important that we know our limitations and when to say no because it's not something we're comfortable doing. What I've come to realize is I don't think dentistry becomes less stressful. I think you just become acclimated to it and you learn how to manage yourself in stressful situations a lot better. There was a period of time where I was trying to push myself a little bit more and I was trying to do more conservative on-lay preparations as opposed to full crown preps. I had a few cases that I was managing at the same time and it was such a stressful period because I encountered every possible problem you could possibly have. My margins weren't well defined enough. I didn't have enough occlusal clearance. The gums were getting away. My retraction cord wasn't tucked in enough. I couldn't scan the tooth properly. My temporaries weren't coming out right or they were falling off the next day. My crowns weren't sitting properly or the contacts were too tight. I couldn't isolate the tooth or I cemented it and then there's a marginal gap and then you have to cut your crown off and then there's post-operative sensitivity. Literally everything that could go wrong was going wrong and you feel really incompetent. But everything is relative and when you're only six months out and you're encountering these problems for the very first time, it honestly feels like it's the end of the world. But I've spoken to so many senior dentists about it and they just shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, that happens. One of my more senior dentists said to me, Erica, if you haven't made these mistakes, then you haven't done it enough. What feels like major problems to us, to more senior clinicians, it's just part of the process, a hiccup or minor nuisance at that. And again, as I said earlier in the episode, it is through these mistakes that we learn and you understand the importance of why certain steps need to occur. There's no doubt that it is really stressful, but I'm a firm believer that the more we do it, the better we will be. We just need to trust the process and have the courage and the bravery to try it again. As dentists and dental students, we all have difficult days. You may experience workplace or training demands that have a direct impact on your physical, emotional and psychological health and well-being. This is exactly what dental practitioner support is for. It's a completely confidential and independently run service that's funded by the Dental Board of Australia in an effort to support practitioners and dental students right across the country. Sometimes people call just at the end of a long day to debrief, but sometimes they call because there's more challenging things going on. Dental practitioner support is there for you in these times to give proactive advice, help you improve your health and well-being before there are major concerns. We all need a helping hand sometimes and it's okay to ask for help. So if you find you need it, call 1-800-377-700 or visit the website dpsupport.org.au. They have loads of great information to get you started. As a dental student, a particular communication tip that I heard time and time again was if you say it beforehand, it's an expectation. But if you say it afterwards, it's an excuse. And I always recognized that it was really valuable. But the more I practice, the more I realize how much of a game changer it is and how you can literally get away with almost absolutely anything if you warn the patient beforehand. Before I ever issue anything, whether it be a crown or a splint or a denture, I always tell my patients that their next appointment is a trial in to see how it fits and that we're happy with the way it looks and it feels. And if any adjustments need to be made, we'll do it at that point. 
And that really helps temper those expectations because they come in knowing that it's a trial. And if they get to walk away with it, then it's a bonus. I do the same thing with all my new patient consults where I preemptively tell them that we're going to spend a lot of time taking records and chatting throughout the appointment. I tell them all the things that I'm looking out for before I even get into their mouth that we're going to look for areas of decay, we're looking for cracks, we're looking for teeth with large fillings that are structurally compromised, we're having a look at their gums to ensure that they've got a healthy foundation, and we're assessing their bite and the overall appearance of their teeth. We're going to take a lot of radiographs, a lot of photos, where they get to be my little model, and so that means we may or may not get time to do a clean for them during today's visit, but we will definitely do it at their next appointment. Now some patients would really like to have a clean on that day, And that's good to know so I can make it a priority. But most of the time they understand and they don't mind at all. I say the same thing for taking x-rays where I tell them it's going to be a huge mouthful and might dig in a little bit. And for a period of time as well, when I was first learning how to use an intraoral scanner and I was just really unco with it. And so I still set that expectation with my patients where I apologize in advance that my scanner head is really bulky and it might clatter a little bit on their teeth. But it's just really important that we get a really good scan of their teeth so that we have an accurate record to plan our work around. Every time I say these things, my patients are always so receptive and really forgiving if it does take me a bit of time or if it does end up being a bit uncomfortable because we've set that expectation. And if it doesn't, then they're really more appreciative of the experience. Especially as new grads where we do struggle and things do take us a long time, we're not as adept at doing things. I think this honestly makes the world of difference. Now, I've spent a lot of time talking about my own growth and the things that I've learned in the last six months. But one of the most incredible things to witness is to see how far all my friends have come as well. You see, six months ago, we were all in the same boat until everyone found themselves in different jobs and practices that suited our different desires. For some people, it was exactly what they needed. And unfortunately for others, it wasn't. But what it's really proven is that what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for another person because we all have different interests and different learning styles and different personalities, which means that we're all better suited for different environments. And so in the last six months, everyone has taken off and soared in completely different trajectories. And we've already become such different dentists to one another. And it's all shaped by our environment, our practices, our own philosophies and interests. And again, that's just in six months. Imagine where we will be in another six months, in a year, in five years, in 10 years. Why I think this is important to recognize is that It shows why it's unfair for us to compare ourselves to one another because we're all completely different dentists. Social media is both a blessing and a curse. I talk about it all the time. We can use it to inspire and motivate us, but if we're not careful, it can also take us down a really dangerous rabbit hole. And so what I've actually done over the last few months is to curate my feed. Now, a lot of us are on Instagram and many of us have separate accounts, which I think is brilliant. That way you're really able to distinctly separate your personal life, the things that you enjoy outside of work and dentistry. But taking that step further, I am a firm believer in following the pages that motivate and inspire you and not following or muting the ones that don't. And that's not to say that you have anything against that particular person. It's just that when we see certain things, we inevitably compare. And I've come to realize that certain comparisons don't serve me any good. And if it doesn't serve you and doesn't inspire you, motivate you to be better, then you don't need it. The only person that we need to compare ourselves to is who we were yesterday. 
we all have our own anxieties that we're not doing enough, that we're not good enough, that we're not making the most of the opportunities presented to us, that we're failing to meet expectations. And whilst it's a good thing that we have drive and ambition and we want to be the very best that we can be, sometimes we really do just need to be a bit more gentle on ourselves. And so long as we can confidently say that we are trying our best and doing our best, then that is enough. My favorite question to ask new dentists that I meet, particularly recent grads that have been out for a few years, is when did they feel settled? It varies for everyone, but the common trend and average that I've acquired so far is about six to eight months. And this is the point where new grads seem to feel settled in their workplaces, a bit more acclimatized to working full-time, developing that social, emotional, mental and physical stamina that I mentioned in my first month recap. And yeah, where work starts to feel a little bit more like muscle memory and you have the capacity to start doing things outside of work rather than just going home and crashing straight away. And so now that we're around that six to eight month period, I've also noticed that, yeah, I actually do have a desire now to do things outside of work. For the record, I haven't yet. (laughs) And I think my problem is that I haven't discovered any new hobbies. And apparently, even though I enjoy it, running the podcast, it doesn't count because it's still dental related. But this is the next chapter of our lives. This is our new reality. It's the elusive work-life balance that everyone talks about. And unfortunately, I haven't got the answer for it yet. But it's something that I'm going to work on. And after talking to more of you, hopefully at our next update, we'll have a bit more of an idea. Because dentistry is an occupation. But it shouldn't be our entire identity. And I think as new grads, it can teeter on the side of being all-consuming. And that can be detrimental in our own mental health or feeling of fulfillment in life, but also detrimental to our relationships with partners, families, and friends. I imagine a lot of you will also relate to feeling like you're running on fumes. And that's not sustainable. And we really need to learn how to switch off from dentistry and to make personal time a priority, not a privilege. Sometimes I think I sound like a mum, and I'm not sure if this is what you guys needed to hear. But if anything, it's just a pep talk and a reminder to myself. This has almost become a bit of a time capsule, not just for me personally, but for all of us, as you guys are going through the same journey with me as well. And so it'll be interesting to see in six months' time, when we reconvene for our six-month recall, (laughs) how things will have changed. And so thank you all for spending your time tuning in and listening. Please don't ever feel like a stranger and feel free to send me a message on Instagram at Huin. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Dental Head Start podcast. I genuinely hope this is helping you become a better dentist. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe on your podcast player and I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to social media and share something that you've appreciated from us with one of your friends. That's how the word gets out. That's how more people gain and benefit from what we're doing. And if you're a dental student or a graduate and you want to get a head start, go to dentalheadstart.com to find everything we're doing to help dental students become great dentists.